and brightest day and blackest night. All other podcasts tremble in fright. Losers cower before the power. Oranges lust and blues you can trust. Indigos feel and white ones heal. Yellow scare and green ones dare. That sapphire love and black hands glove will rock your foundation without hesitation. Chad and Mars face evil's minds. Respect their power for they'll make you see the light. Hi, everybody. I'm Chad Bokelman. I'm Mark Marble. And this is the Lantern Cast. Episode 408. That's right. Tonight we are talking Far Sector number 7 by N.K. Jemison and Jamal Campbell. Uh, but before we get into that, I've got a couple of things I just wanted to bring up. Uh, we can talk about it if we want to, but they're more just this exists. Um, so it was announced uh, today, earlier today, that there is going to be some more Dark Multiverse titles. Um, in terms of the Tales from the Dark Multiverse uh, one-shots. Uh, we covered quite a few of them, actually all of them, yes. uh, on this show in an episode. Well, there will be some more. Uh, there will be three uh, uh, new ones, um, and you have, uh, based on Crisis on Infinite Earths, War of the Gods, and even Dark Knight's Metal, which is interesting, since this is all spinning out of Dark Knight's Metal. Anyways, um, apparently there's also two others that are coming out uh, that were already um, announced, uh, which I didn't know about. There's going to be Tales of the Dark Multiverse Hush and Tales of the Dark Multiverse Flashpoint. The reason I mention this is because the cover image for Tales from the Dark Multiverse Crisis on Infinite Earths shows an image of Alan Scott kneeling before a passed out, unconscious, dead body of Jay Garrick. Uh, he looks to be holding some sort of flaming staff or sword. Um, there are a lot of faces in the background, including Jade. Um, so I just thought I'd mention that. Uh, he... It doesn't look as if Jay, or sorry, Alan is uh, is actually wearing. It almost looks like a cross between his regular his regular uh, costume and maybe Sentinel, in just in a, in a way. I don't know. It's hard to tell. I just sent you the image over on Facebook, and if you hadn't already have it pulled up, Mark. Yeah, I, I let's see. I don't. I haven't gotten it. In, oh, in Facebook, you sent it. Yeah, I don't have Facebook. Yeah, I sent it on. But, I, on but I have I have the the link open on Newsarama that talks about the three new ones they just announced, so I can look at the cover there. Um, yep, the Spectre right behind Alan. Mm-hmm. Yeah, lots of folks. Uh, I mean, it looks like, I mean, it's Crisis, so there's Harbinger, there's Batman, there's, uh, that looks like Liberty Bell, there's Dr. Fate, Star, uh, Starfire, yeah. Yeah, that is, but that, what, that is an intre- that is an interesting cover, because obviously his uniform, his, the color scheme is, is different. Right. Based what's on what interesting, we can see. What's interesting, too, I wonder if this involves the Starheart. Because I was just trying hard to tell who the shadow is. Because basically, guys, if you look up this image, it's coming through the legs at like the calf level 
of somebody standing in the far foreground. Like we're looking through their legs to the scene of Alan and Jay. But like it's it's calf level there in shadow. The only real detail you can tell are is the sort of cross pattern, uh, like sort of binding of their boots, which look like Alan's boots. So is this like a dark version of Alan? And if I think dark version of Alan, I think Starheart. That's a possibility. Hmm. But I just thought I'd bring that up. That's something that that will be coming. Um, so definitely keep your eyes out for that. The other thing I wanted to bring up is. Myron, uh, over at blog of Oa slash podcast of Oa was contacted by an individual named Frank Gasking and Frank Gasking, uh, just released a book, uh, over from the publisher bitmap books. Uh, and the book that he released was, is called the games that weren't. And basically, as you can imagine, the title suggests it's about video games that never existed, uh, that were planned or, you know, uh, scripted or they had, you know, stuff built out for whatever reason, never released. So this is going to be the Green Green Lantern game going to be mentioned in here. Yes, the Green Lantern (laughs) video game is mentioned in here, along with as uh, a bunch of images and stuff uh, for various levels um, and character designs, uh, energy uh, blasts and special attacks, stuff like that. That was Kyle, right? That was supposed to be Kyle. Uh, It looks like it. It also looks like uh, Parallax is a part of this. You have to send me that picture. The reason why the reason why I figured you were going there because back in the day, back down trip down memory sewer into my Walden books days in the mid nineties, that I um, I remember seeing the ad for that or the or the preview for that in one of the games and one of the gaming magazines that that we used to get that we used to put out. I do remember that there was supposed to be a Green Lantern game coming out. Uh, of course, I do also. Yeah. Re- I also remember it never came out. So that's, that's kind of when you started talk, going down that road. Right, let me open Facebook in case you sent me. So the developer would have been Ocean Software. The platforms would have been the Atari ST, the Commodore Amiga, Sega Mini, Mega Drive, and Super Nintendo. Um, the chapter is called Green Lantern Commercial Viability. I don't know how long this chapter is, but... It was. It sounds like this was a very well-researched book. If you're into video games in general, this might just be fun to have. But as a Green Lantern fan, you know, we never did get a Green Lantern video game other than the one that came out re- with relation to the movie. Um, for I think was was it Wii was the main pal- platform for that. Um, multiple. So Wii, Wii was the Wii was the layman's version for the what the man the manhunters you're talking about, right? The rise of the manhunters. Yeah. Yeah, that was the, yeah. that was the lamest version because that's the one that, had, that didn't look anything like Ryan Reynolds or any of the movie characters. But there, that is the one that plays more like the like the comic book. Thing. Gotcha. Um, so yeah, if you're uh, if you're a huge Green Lantern fan and you just want as many good, re- well referenced or well researched uh, material as you can on the various stuff related to Green Lantern, this is good to have. If you're a fan of video games, this is good to have. Um, Myron uh, gave us a link. Um, uh, in a retweet, just go over to bitmap books, B-I-T-M-A-P books dot C-O dot U-K. And you're looking up the title uh, for the book again is The Games That Weren't. Um, so, yes, it is something you buy overseas. It is looks like it's going for uh, £29.99. And if you looks like if you buy it, you not only get the hardback book, you get the PDF version as well. That's pretty cool. So. Let's see, I'm trying to think of all of all the 
Actually, let's see. The tail fee. Uh, I'm looking at all the games that they listed. One of the things that's interesting is I also remember that they had a. Of course, this game would have played horribly because considering the the uh, platform. But they had a, they had a Halloween game. They had a Halloween game that was supposed to come out for the Atari. I actually that I think they banned because of how because of the violence of the fact that uh, I'm pretty sure. It, I'm pretty sure it was the Atari. Uh, yeah, it, it almost had to be. Uh, I was going to... Uh, yeah, detailed features cover games such as Sebring, The Last Ninja, Solar Jetman, Chips Challenge, Green Lantern, Rolling Thunder, Virtual Tank, Death Watch, Star Fox 2, Ridge Racer, Sim Mars, Half-Life, Stunt Car Racer Pro, Eye of the Moon, and many, many more. Yeah, I'm looking at it. It looks like the it looks like it was uh, an Atari. And I think it was a 1983 Atari game based on uh, Halloween, which I think quickly got banned. And so I, it looks like you could still find it somewhere. But it, I was just I was as soon as I thought of that based on the based on our topic of conversation, I was I was wondering if that was yet one. But maybe because that game made it actually into release before it got pulled. Maybe that wouldn't technically qualify, but yeah, I do. But it's funny. But yeah, the green the Green Lantern game, I do remember reading about. It. It's like, oh, that's going to be pretty cool when that comes out. Well, it might have been, but <laughs> <laughs> it might have been. I definitely plan on ordering one of these, so uh, I'll have it on my own shelf at some point. I don't know about you, but I, I definitely wanted to grab one. I, I might. I'm going to have to think about that, but I might. I definitely am interested in it. things like things like that. Are always cool. I'm uh, going back to the book stuff. I'm sh- the comic book stuff. I'm sure we'll we'll do if not all, we'll do most of those tales of the dark multiverse. Um, I guess yeah, we, may as well. I guess we almost have. To, I mean, if, if we're trying to be if we're trying to be completist, we probably should do all of them since we did all of them the first time. But not not as many of these interest me based on theme. It's kind of like it's kind of like hit or miss, but. We'll see. Speaking of topics, since since you went down that road, did you see the thing about uh, the DC Generations? I did. Uh, Sinestro will be a part of whatever crazy Frankenstein version of this Generations event that they're going to do. And Steel. So it has it has it has two characters that drew me in right away. Actually, three technically because it has Commandy. You have Commandy. You have Steel, you have Green Lantern Sinestro, a Green Lantern Sinestro, and I'm kind of curious what they do with the quote-unquote original Batman. I mean, the team isn't bad no matter how you slice it. Um, so I, that is actually something I probably will give a shot, and it, it might it might be intriguing enough to actually to, to, to read. We'll never know what actually what generations would have been, and but it it it's in, it is intriguing enough for me, and uh, and it's also um, that's a Plus, it's, a, it's a, plus it's written by Jurgens and Venditti among among others, so it's kind of Jurgen. And I just it just kind of it just kind of draws you in. I like Jurgen stuff, and uh, so it might it might be worth checking out for sure. All right, anything else before we go ahead and get into the topic of the episode? No, I say I say we uh, I say we roll into it. All right, guys, Far Sector issue number seven. Uh, N.K. Jemison, Jamal Campbell. Um, I actually didn't read six until I read uh, to prepare for this episode issue number seven uh, because, it, you know, it came out during the time I was hospitalized and all that stuff. And it wasn't one of the books I had caught up with yet. I listened to the episode, so I kind of knew what happened. But, you know, I didn't I didn't actually read the book. So 
it was actually uh, a, an interesting experience to read these two issues actually back to back relatively for the first time. So it kind of gives me hope to see how far Sector is going to read and trade. Um, but anyways, uh, basically we pick up where we left off last issue. Uh, Lantern Joe is in a fight against the uh, these. Oh man, I, I guess they're sort of mechs uh, that could, uh, contained the original colonists of uh, the people who tried to enslave and control the species on the various platforms. You know, at however many generations ago. Uh, instead of, though, having the race uh, inside of these, uh, I guess I'll call them mechs, um, since that seems to be where my mind went, instead of having the race in there um, that that did that, the, not the cloud cryptocracy, it was trilogy races, um, which looks to be some of the Na and, uh, and uh, the others of the trilogy. Uh, they are taken over. They're, they're going to die. There's really nothing she can do. So she's got to eliminate the threat. She flares up, makes a mech of her own. Her power level dips down to 41%. She continues the fight. By the time she is all done with it and looking around, her ring is at 25%. Um, her backup shows, uh, in, in the form of, uh, well, what was her name? To, what is this person's name? I forget. I always, she, I always, all, most the of the names. Her, I, yeah, I'm not really great at these names. Mo, most of Sis. Her, yes, I was going to say most of most of her comrades in this book. I tend to get their names tend to pop into my head and leave, unfortunately. So Sis, um, Sis uh, shows up. She has an idea. Basically, these uh, these individuals are sort of like AI. They have. Uh, disappeared and escaped the, through the facility network. Um, so what she's going to do is she's going to quote unquote jack in uh, and using her ring and f- go after them. She gets all kinds of admonitions about why she shouldn't do this, how it's dangerous, blah, blah, blah. You know, she's a Green Lantern. It doesn't really matter which one <laughs> it is. A Green Lantern's always going to ignore it because they have the idea. Anyways, before she uh, jacks in, we kind of get some more flashback about her ring and what it can do. Since we haven't got a ton of information about that revealed in this series thus far, I'm just going to read this one page uh, word for word so that you guys who maybe are just listening to these episodes and aren't reading the series have a full picture of what the ring is capable of. So, a Green Lantern's power comes from will and imagination. We can do anything if we set our minds to it, if we want it enough which reminds us of Errol Twilight, of course. Yep. Um, but uh, so directly from this guardian's mouth, as it hands uh, Joe the ring for the, when it, they are first introduced and a nice ring box ring, too. Yeah. Uh, the rings made for most green lanterns are basic things. There are many kinds of willpower. After all, the will to over the, the will to overcome fear is singular or is powerful, but singular. An acute manifestation. What I have chosen to study is the more nuanced willpower required to live with fear. To push toward a goal over the years against the whole society with no hope of reward. This is the will that fuels your ring, Sojourner Mullion. 
I never can say her name right. It's Spike's uh, Mullen. It's Spike's lower in terms of absolute power. But once you learn to harness it fully, worlds will fall before you and arise transformed. So she jacks in. She shows up on the digital in the digital world. Can has is there to greet her. She is taking some time to get acclimated to this place. Time is not really a linear thing here. Uh, you know that those sorts of digital constructs. Um, lots of you know very quippy, fun little things uh, from Can has. Like uh, I just downloaded the Matrix trilogy, Tron, twenty two cyberpunk novels, four video games, and twelve music videos from your Earth laptop. <laughs> so uh, they ride motorcycles. They stop by a diner. Um, they get up. Basically, she's getting acclimated to this place, understanding this place, and the various interesting history behind uh, this place and how the emotion exploit has impacted their sort of. Uh, world. I forget. They call it Atville, I believe, uh, is the name of this place. And, uh, then, you know, they have, they have shown up to wherever the baddies have escaped to. They're going to teach him a lesson as they are dressed in their, uh, their, uh, matrix gear. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, to be continued. That's, uh, about as good as I can make it without, uh, dipping too deep into all the names and, and reading this thing word for word for you guys. There's some interesting, you know, I actually, I, yeah, I wasn't entirely sure that I'd like, um, I'd like the idea of this digital assistant sort of a thing, but I think, uh, I think, uh, can has is probably one of my favorite supporting characters at this point. No, I do like her. And I, uh, and not just because like the little cat ears, uh, I, it, it's, it's an interesting, the, the imagery, the art is very, is very cool when she goes into the digital world and she kind of goes Tron like and goes into the, uh, she goes into the grid that it, just a way like a, like some subtle change, I mean, unless it was just a mistake, like the, well, it's not because it's more than one, pa- more than one panel, like the way her, co- you know, the way her costume is different until she, when they're sitting in the diner, I was like almost until she kind of like focuses again and she loses the Green Lantern symbol and, and like the, the guy, almost like the, the guy Gardner part of her costume, the way it overlaps, uh, that, that, that kind of disappears when, uh, when she's getting like the piece of cake or whatever. So I, I do like the artwork. I, and yeah, the, the, ma- the matrix stuff, the matrix stuff is pretty cool. Yeah. I mean, uh, again, Jamal Campbell, um, continues to kill it. I gave the, I gave the creative team in terms of writer and artist, but I didn't give the creative team in terms of the rest of the rest of the team. Uh, so let me do that now. What page is it on? They, they don't first, do it on the, the first beginning. page. Yeah. Of, is it first? Be, be not the first page of the story. Oh, right before. oh gotcha. Yeah, first page of the gotcha. book. Yeah. Story by N.K. Jemison, art and color by Jamal Campbell, lettering by Durant Bennett, cover by Jamal Campbell, variant cover by Stefan Sajic. Uh, editor Andy Corey and DC's Young Animal curated by Gerard Way. Yes, that Gerard Way. Um, uh, so in the album art for this episode, we have both covers represented. I gotta say, man, a lot of the variant covers of Far Sector I have really enjoyed. Um, particularly, I think it was issue five. I don't remember. I'll have to dig through the stack I have over here to my left, but pretty sure it was issue five. Uh, to the point where, like, I, I felt like I got lucky uh, when I was able to get it because they were sold out of it when I went to the the comic book store trying to find uh, trying to find the 
the cover I was looking for. But the, the variant cover here is kind of weak. I'm not a big fan. Certainly compared to the main cover. The main cover is pretty damn awesome. Oh, oh 100%. Really looks cool. Uh, Jamal Cut. So what was the colorist's name? Color. I guess the colors has to be Jamal. Ca- yeah, art and color, Jamal Campbell. Jamal Campbell artistically is killing this thing. I don't. I don't know what it is about these colors. Again, I think it's kind of that uh, Green Lantern New Guardians feel. Because remember, everything was sort of pastel-ish um, in that series uh, towards the end. And I really enjoyed that. There's a lot of pastel-ish coloration going on in here. And it really lends itself well because, you know, you've got the various types of green, like on her suit. Uh, the various environments that plays in. Uh, sometimes and it just makes... Like when she's lighting up in a dark area, it just makes it, you know, the, the, the type of green that they use, it makes it look just that much better. Um, artistically, man, you're like, I'm not, NK Jemsen is, is keeping me reeled in. I like this. This is a cool story. I'm, I'm having a good time. But man, uh, Jamal Campbell's work here is, I think, my favorite part of it, no matter how captivating and, and curious I am about the story. Uh, cause, yeah, the art definitely is what I'm here for, for the most part. I'm always excited to read this book to see how it looks physically. That's certainly the one thing we can't – when it comes to both current Green Lantern books, we have, we have to say that at least, at least we always have interesting and well-done art month in and month out or every other month now for this book. But so, so I don't think there's a – we can't really complain about about the art and the fact that the, the styles are different, but they kind of but they certainly do suit each respective book. Oh, hundred uh, percent. I'm 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 all I'm all for it. Um, some of the ads I did want to mention. The uh, here we have the ad again for the Audible Sandman. Uh, I actually just finished that today as we were as we record this. I probably finished listening to it. I had to go to a doctor's appointment and then I stopped somewhere to. I, I don't get paid till Monday, but I had only a few, <laughs> a little bit, you know, I, I'm not like strapped or anything, but you know, enough where I'm budgeting until Monday, but, uh, Walgreens released, uh, another one of their exclusive pops and it was scream the symbiote scream. Uh, so I, I didn't, for some, for, for some reason I was, I didn't pre-order that or I wasn't aware that was coming out something. Cause most of that stuff I pre-order, but someone had posted on the Austin group, the Austin uh, pop Facebook group I'm a part of that it was out and where to find one in Austin. And uh, so I went and grabbed one of those. So I was just in in driving to the doctor's appointment and driving all over the place. I was able to finally finish that up because I'd been listening to it off and on for a week or two. Uh, No, just a week, I think. Cause yeah, a week. Um, But I finished it. It's man, it's good. Uh, If you, if you're curious at all about the audible Sandman, it is worth your time. It's, um, it's almost like an anthology. It's not one set story from start to finish. It all involves Dream or Morpheus or whatever you want to call him. Um, but it's uh, it's a bunch of – there's like one big story at the beginning and then a bunch of little sort of short stories all throughout it that involve Dream in some way. Uh, so if you're curious at all about it, especially with the voice cast, uh, it is definitely worth your time and investment if uh, – if that's something you want to look into, 100%. Of course, we've got a bunch of ads for 
various metal related projects and the three jokers and various DC universe stuff. Again, another issue where there's just a lot of DC ads, uh, DC related stuff in some way, shape or form. The only thing that is not DC related necessarily is the ad that we continue to get. We definitely got with issue six. I don't have the other issues in front of me, so I can't, I can't remember. The ad that we get for uh, N.K. Jemison's trilogy, the the Broken Earth trilogy, uh, fifth season, the fifth season, the Obelisk Gate and the Stone Sky. Um, I think I might actually get some of these, man. I'm pretty sure. Like I think, I, I'm pretty sure, like I told you, I think the fifth, I think the fifth season is the one I downloaded for free. Um, I haven't had it. I really had. I got once I started reading it, then I had other things that popped up for me to read. So. I, I have a – I'm kind of backlogged in books to read, so I'm going to have – I'm still going to have to make time for it, but at least that one's on my – that one's on my Kindle. So at, at the very least, um, I can pretty much read it at any time, and including at night because I have the paper white, so I can always read it when, when, the, when the TV's on and the lights are out. So that – I will I will definitely get to it uh, soon. I'm going to make an effort for that. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I finished one of the other science fiction trilogies I was reading, which was uh, The Lives of Tao, if anybody is interested in that. Uh, but so I've been looking for another so I can read the first chapter or two, because I know if I do like the first chapter, I'm definitely going to want the entire trilogy. It's not going to be something where I'll just read the first one and go, eh, I'm done. <laughs> so usually for me, it's not about is the story it, it definitely is. Is the story good? But more so, do I dig the writer's style? Is it something I can get lost in regardless of the full-on quality of the story, if that makes any sense? Like, definitely you want a good story, but if their writing style is something that appeals to you and draws you in, that's almost more important to me than the story itself. So somebody who really can speak to the way my mind works. So, um, yeah, I think I'm, I think I'm gonna be investing in some NK Jemison uh, literature pretty soon here. Nice. All right, man. Anything else about this book? I, Far Sector. I mean, it just—it's—it's it's so interesting because, like, when a book is shit or annoys the crap out of you, like at some, like you can have you can have a lot to say about it, and then at some point it just becomes just complaining too much, so you don't want to talk too much about it. But when a when a book is just hitting it on all cylinders, sometimes it's just like the things that are it's hitting on all cylinders continue to be the same week to week. So if a book is shit for too long or great for too long, and that there's such a, such a thing as too great for too long. Um, but it's almost like you have the same amount of stuff to say, which is almost nothing at some point. It's just like, here's what happened in far sector. Um, yeah, it's good. The art is good. <laughs> I don't know what else to say. It's a good book. <laughs> I think sometimes it is easier to, well, in a way it makes sense. I mean, it goes both ways here, but at times it definitely makes sense to when something bothers you or really irks you, that it makes sense you have more to say about it because it kind of gets that visceral reaction out of you more. Sometimes, sometimes when you, if you like something, it's kind of like it's a, sometimes it's subtle. Sometimes you just kind of nod there and you kind of smile, and then it has then it kind of has to percolate a little bit before you uh, maybe can put it into thought or or really or and even so. But when it's something negative, I think you, like you, if you just hate something that you read or it really rubs you the wrong way, 
it's real easy to remember it and it's real easy to, to, to want to talk about it. And then, so I, I, I get, I get where you're coming from. I think for me, it's like, it's kind of funny. Like I said, I should go, I should go back and look at the first two issues and just first few issues and see if I just really overlooked this. But ever since we had, ever since we had that one issue when you realize that not just that she, even though in, in this issue, actually, in this issue, her arms don't really stand out as much. But once we had that one issue where you realize they, they draw her with, with the junk in the trunk, <laughs> once you realize, it's, it's kind of like once you see that, you can't go back from it. So like when you have like that double splash page, when, they, when they, she first plugs in to like, um, when she goes into the grid there, it's like that's, that stands out like a sore thumb, and I'm not complaining about it at all. <laughs> I'm just saying it's like it's one of those things like like now it's like you kind of you kind of you just kind of help you can't help but notice it. So I just kind of right. it's it's a it, it, it's kind of like a Where's Waldo of, of like really pronounced buttocks. <laughs> but I, I just think that but that but it, but the way that, that double splash page works is just really so. I, I just think it's really cool the way they do that because since the characters are just like in the bottom left and then. So in a way, it's they're trying not. It's like they're trying not to distract from the overall like rush of that image that you're being flooded with. But yet, if you pay attention to it, you can't. Again, you can't unsee it. So we call that thick, Mark. T h i c c. Ah yes, indeed. No man, it just continues to kill. I enjoy it. There's a lot of good characterization. I do feel. I mean, it may be because of the other stuff I'm reading. It may be because of you know, of all the just absolute shit going on in the world. There are other things to consume your mind with. That it just seems like between issues, I forget a lot of the you know the names, the place, the names of places, the names of characters. Um. You know, things like that. But, uh, you know, the, I, I, I feel like I, I still remember sort of the gist every time I get in here. And the recap pages help, of course. But, um, it's, um, I'm, I'm still involved in it. I do think it's interesting that we're still carrying out this murder mystery seven issues in and, you know, eight issues, even if it gets wrapped up somehow in eight, which I doubt. But, um, I just, it feels slower moving, but not in a way that's pissing me off. It's just I am noticing the slower crawl here. I don't know if that's a precursor to being annoyed by it. Uh, so far, I feel rel- I still I feel pretty entertained by what's happening, and obviously the art serves to to really amp things up for me, just in pure enjoyment factor. But uh, I don't know. Uh, I I definitely reading reading six and seven back to back like I did. I'm really looking forward to how this reads in trade. Uh, in reading reading six and seven, I almost hope that they don't do a far sector trade of issues one through six, and instead just do a far sector one through twelve sort of larger trade. Instead, of, I, I don't I don't want this to be broken up. I kind of want it to be all one thing together. I think I would agree, especially since it's just one big arc. I mean, that's all it yeah. really is. I mean, it's not, it, it, it would be different if it was, you know, six issues doing one thing, six issues off doing another. But that's, but that's not, you know, that's not what they're doing here. So I think that it would be better, yes, it would be better served to just make it one full, uh, collection in the, when they, when they, when they do the graphic novel. So, 
But I think I think it's easier when the when the book. I think you're right about the pace. I think they kind of try to balance it out a little bit because, like in this issue, some stuff happens. There's not a lot. You know, once you get past the first couple of pages, there's not a whole lot of real action. But you also get some of the stuff we haven't had much of that we've wanted, which is more background on her ring. But you probably should talk about uh, that's probably actually something we should talk about that the uh, that idea that it's basically a Green Lantern ring kind of being this. This one's kind of being designed to work along with fear, to kind of like coexist with fear, which kind of kept, which remind when I read that when I read this issue the first time when it came out, it reminds me of that Sinestro story in the uh, but the hundred page giant, the one about that basically you need you need fear in order to really to really to maximize your willpower you need to you need that fear because it because you need that fear of losing something or someone you need that to be the motivation. And the will to be able to do do what needs to be done. That you need that. That's what Sinestro basically discovered. So I, I thought that was interesting. I don't necessarily know off the top of my head if I thought she was a great candidate for that, based on what we've seen from her before. That that's the one thing that maybe made me question that. I didn't necessarily see Joe as complete. Not that that you have to be fear laden, you know, to be to be given this ring, but that doesn't. But that was the only thing that gave me pause. Whether I thought she that we've seen enough to see to see that she was a. I said, but the Guardian's kind of experimenting, so maybe maybe it was a, maybe she had enough of those qualities uh, in her. Either you know the fear of doing the right thing or not being on the wrong side, and all these different things, and that maybe that was enough to have that nuanced relationship between will and fear. But I do like I do like. The fact that we get some of the background that we haven't gotten about some of her powers, and I think that when you sprinkle some of that stuff in, it's easier to kind of go along with a story that's kind of going a little slower. Plus, we know it's supposed to be twelve issues, so we know there's an end game here. You know, this isn't an ongoing with the same story that we don't know when it's going to end. I think that helps too. Yeah, uh, the solicit for issue eight. Uh, just so you guys know, that's supposed to be in shops on October seventh. Uh, issue 8 says, while still processing her feelings about Counselor Marth, uh, which we saw, uh, you know, how that relationship has been evolving in issue number 6, uh, Joe tracks down the writers who killed Averup Thorne and gets the first hint of what's really going on beneath the surface of the city enduring. Reporting to the council, Joe is disgusted to realize she's facing the same kind of callous responsibility avoiding bureaucracy as back home on Earth. So the interesting it's 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 interesting that I have a twelve issue arc. It's issue eight where she's only gonna get the first hint of what's <laughs> actually happening in this in this story. But I mean like and normally that would piss me off, but I I've I've been entertained with this, so I'm not Again, I'm noticing it's taking a long while for us to get to the freaking point, but um, and that could be a telltale thing. But I, hey, I'm still enjoying it. I I am too. It's like issue ten, we get the second hint. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I just hope it's not one of those things where you're left holding yeah, the bag at the end. Yeah, well, not 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 necessarily. I just hope it's paced right, so that because this has happened before, uh, um, where like. You're you're with it. You feel like the story's going along a little too long, but you know what? You're in, you're here for the ride. You're enjoying it. So what? 
But then by the time it's time to end the story, it's like everything happens at the last issue. I don't want that. Obviously, the last issue has to be climactic. There's got to be a lot of stuff that happens. It's got to be really fun and really interesting and really wrap things up nicely and maybe leave some threads for a, a sequel or, or whatever it is. But either way, I don't want to have this slow pace, slow pace, slow pace and, and really flesh out this world and do this and this only to have everything start, you know, firing off at the same time in issue 12, like a, a poorly planned fireworks show where everything wasn't programmed right. Instead, the entire fireworks show launches in the first two minutes. Or you know what I mean? I don't. Or Rise of Skywalker, you mean. <laughs> <laughs> yes, but I know exactly what you mean. Yeah. Uh, so I, I just want, uh, uh, I just want a really cool fireworks show with a really great ending, but let's not blow the entire fireworks show at, in the last three seconds. So I'm here for it. I'm enjoying it. No, I, I, I am too. I think, I think this has been going really, really well so far and let's hope, let's hope it ends on a, on a high note and let's hope that it, uh, does lend itself naturally to a sequel or whatever they plan on doing with Joe next. Let's just hope it just kind of like, what's our, What's our appetite for the, the further adventures of Joe? One hundred percent. All right. Well, before we tell people how we can they can reach us, anything we want to say about stuff that's upcoming? Anything? Are we still keeping that all to ourselves? What are we doing? Um, without going into great detail, we can, that let's just say that the last the last issue of the, which just came out, so the most recent issue of the the Morrison book was a little what. Chad hasn't read it yet, so we can't com comment on it. I read it today. It actually is pretty interesting on multiple levels. So we might be doing that book in some way, shape, or form. Maybe not the way we normally do it, but we may be doing that sooner rather than later, which normally we'd be, we'd be, <laughs> we'd be punting that baby as far as possible, especially since we just did one of these not that long ago. Uh, other than that, no. I mean, I think since there really isn't a whole lot of concreteness to our agenda at the moment we're kind of we're kind of in flux so i think in we're kind of on some level i think we're kind of enjoying being in flux it's somewhat liberating at times not necessarily knowing what you're going to do uh so that but that's yeah we, we're, yeah we're uh i'm not gonna say what it is i'm not gonna say who it's with but we've got something that we're working on with somebody <laughs> and the prep for it involves a Google Doc that we're all cooperating on. So there's a lot of research and prep that we're putting into something. Uh, I don't know if that'll be two weeks from now or a month from now or what. But uh, there have been some wheels starting to turn on that. Uh, I think it's a very interesting concept. Uh, and um, you guys can definitely look forward to that in the near future. Uh, the most vague tease in the world. But... Um, I've gotten I've gotten in trouble in the past for revealing too much too soon. So that's about as vague as I can make it with uh, feeling confident I'm not going to get in trouble. So <laughs> something is being worked on with somebody and there's a lot of prep going into it. <laughs> get stoked everybody. <laughs> so 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 Chad did not prematurely blow his podcast load in this in, in this description. So yes, it, it it is safe out there. It is the ultimate teaser. We're doing something with someone at some time. <laughs> you can count uh, on you can, 
<laughs> you can take it to the bank. We're doing something with someone at some time. Some, and that'll be some episode, some year. <laughs> well, I mean, I'm off. I'm off every Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and as we record this, tomorrow's Friday. So, like, uh, I, I've got to watch my little nephew for a few hours. So, I, it's the first thing on my agenda that I that I plan to do is is contribute to that Google Doc uh, research and get all my stuff down on get down in a concrete form somehow. So, uh, yeah, I should probably yeah. look at it at one of these one of these days. It hasn't really been on hasn't really been in the forefront of my mind since we kind of since we put it out there but I should go I should go click on it just to see what's going on with it um but yeah uh, all right well uh, if people want to reach us uh, how do they do that lanterncast.com lanterncast at gmail.com the voicemail which you can also text us people texting's easy <laughs> 708 lantern uh, let us know what you think. We're on Facebook and Twitter. Use hashtag GeoCast to find us on those. And we're on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Stitcher. So whichever platforms you listen to us on, please leave us a positive review. And, yes, yeah, so we should be uh, – there should be something coming soon as an episode, <laughs> one way or the other. <laughs> All right, guys. We'll talk to you later. Good night, everybody. Good night.